1: All right, NHL All-Star Weekend starts tonight in South Florida with the skills competition on ABC and the app at 7 Eastern. Then tomorrow, the All-Star Games on ABC and the app at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific. Before we start a new hour, you guys are going to love this. My favorite athlete of all time right this second is a seventh grader named J.J. Franks. He's going to make a layup, a free throw, and a half-court shot in under 25 seconds. And in so doing, he's going to win $10,000. There you go, Harry. You make the free throw. He made this and here we go for half court. He got me my that. Knock that in. <laughs> here he goes. Half court. This is for $10,000 wow. again. He's a 7th grader. Here he comes. Come on. Uh. Oh. Yes, like today's not today's price. <laughs> <It throws laughs> to <Abraham. laughs> I love it. That's outstanding. Uh, okay, there you go. With that, we welcome you back. Uh, you know, I had heard this had happened. I hadn't seen it. It's even better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, we are live from the Seaport. We are brought to you by Chase. So that's uh, a young man throwing uh, baskets in that you might not have expected. Now let's get to <laughs> someone who very soon will have scored more baskets than anyone in the history of the sport. LeBron James continuing his chase for the all-time record. Entered last night at Indiana. Dancing his way towards Green, just 89 points away. Plus, the Lakers need wins, and they weren't on their way to one last night. Third quarter, they're down nine. LeBron with the spin. They need every bucket he can get. It's a seven-point game. A few minutes later, it's nine again. LeBron, nice dish. Anthony Davis. Davis at 31 and 14. Lakers down 12 after three. So you got the record, and you got the chase for the playoffs. Fourth quarter, Lakers down by eight. Davis, LeBron, yes, it's a six-point game. Minute later, Lakers down six. Look at this pass. From LeBron James, a quick inside Anthony Davis. LeBron had seven assists, a four-point game. Three minutes to go. Lakers down by one. LeBron James has not shot the three that well this year, but this one he gets to go. He had 26. Lakers a two-point lead. 40 seconds left in the fourth. Lakers down by one. Davis in the post. Boy, that fadeaway is tough to stop. Lakers regain the advantage. Next Pacers possession. Tyrese Halliburton back from injury. He's going up. Oh, and Anthony Davis is saying, "Get it out of there." Lakers would get fouled, but they miss both free throws. So we got five seconds left. We got the Pacers down by one. We got Buddy healed. Oh, he's trapped. Oh, that's a tough shot. Oh, it almost goes, but the Lakers get the rebound, and they hang on. LeBron James now 63 points away from history.
2: I think it's one of the greatest records um, in sports in general. I think it's up there with the home run record. I grew up being a historian of all sports and understanding that I don't have the number like planted in my head, the the actual real number. I know it's 38-something, but I know it's been Kareem in my whole life. Um, So um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool.
1: And he can say that literally. Kareem broke this record, set the record in April of 1984. LeBron James was born later that year. So he's 63 points away. The Lakers have one more game on the road this Saturday night. They're in New Orleans. I told you we picked that game up. We'll have it for you on ESPN2 tomorrow. Then they come home. And the likelihood is he will break the record either Tuesday against Oklahoma City or Thursday against the Bucks, which would be something because that's, of course, where uh, Kareem was originally drafted and, and one of his former teams. So, Vince, I, I, you know, you played against him. You, you, we've watched and marveled at the season he's having. How will you mm-hmm. put into perspective what it means sometime in the next week or so when LeBron James is the all-time leading scorer in NBA history?
3: Well, Greeny, I hope I'm, I'm able to be in the building to, to witness history uh, because it's just an unbelie- uh, unbelievable accomplishment because you think 38,387. When I walked into this league and as I was <clears throat> excuse me, moving up the scoring list myself, you always see where you are, and then obviously you naturally scroll up to the top and you see 38,000, you're like, nobody's <laughs> catching that. And now you're seeing a player named LeBron James who is 63, points away from that. But the the marveling number, as I was sitting here thinking about it, I said, when LeBron James is finished playing, he will be in the 40,000 point scoring area, which is amazing. Mm. So you think at this point, 38,000, like there's nobody to get there. Now he's on the cusp of breaking that. But when he's finished, he will be somewhere 40,000, maybe even 41,000 points. So what he's doing at the age he's he's doing, it, he's playing at an MVP level is just it, when you actually sit back and think about it, it's just amazing because he's doing it at 38 years old playing at this level.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and as Zach Lowe pointed out earlier today, uh, this week he also became fourth all-time in assists. So th- what he has done in his career – okay, so it speaks for itself. So then, Zach, let's go to the other piece of this story. Lakers get a win they needed last night. They're, they're right now not in playoff position, but the West is so jammed up that they're like one good week away from being the five-seed And then the trade deadline is next week. So is there reason to believe that they will do something significant that could have LeBron playing really meaningful games into April and May this year?
4: First of all, I think they do need to do something significant to get there. You know, they're one good week away from being fifth or whatever, but so are 10 other teams in the West, Mm -hmm. and all those teams are one bad week away from being 12th or 13th. There's a difference between being a team that can win one playoff series in your conference and a team good enough to win three. No matter how jumbled your conference is, that second kind of team has to be really, really good and really, really consistent, and the Lakers just have not been that, even with LeBron and AD. So they're going to look, we all know what their trade assets are, but to get something really significant, they're dependent on other teams being willing to kind of cut bait on their own seasons, and most of those teams are in the same positions as the Lakers. Like, hey, we're one good week away from being 7th, 8th, 6th, ninth, whatever it is. So I think it's going to be tough. They're going to look at smaller deals with smaller salaries and maybe one draft pick, maybe that helps. They're going to keep looking because, as you said, They got a shot to at least get themselves a puncher's chance in the first round, and they have maybe the greatest player of all time playing at an MVP level. They owe him that.
1: I agree so there's the big picture the little picture the historic picture so much going on with LeBron James as we head into next week Guys, stay there we'll do more with you as we continue but I want to go to Dallas first up because Dak Prescott look we all have seen the numbers and we're aware of what happened he led the league in interceptions last year and he has only one more year of guaranteed money on his contract that's a dicey combination but even so Stephen Jones says he hopes Dak is going to be their guy for the next
5: 10 years here was Bart Scott yesterday. That Prescott proved that he's not in that class. No matter what you want to say, he's not in that class with the elite. We, we make a mistake all the time by putting guys that are good and making them stars. We take guys that are stars and we make them superstars. It is only so many superstars in this league, and it's only so many stars. you got to make sure that you put these quarterbacks in the right category. He is not a plus multiplier where you can have a roster that is not complete.
1: That's what Bart said yesterday, sitting in this very chair. Harry Douglas, do you agree? No lies detected,
6: Greeny. Everything Bart is saying is 100% spot on because when I look at Dak, and Dak is a good quarterback, but as far as elevating everyone around him, we see it in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game in the playoffs, but when you needed it against the San Francisco game, there's no consistency there. And I think that's been the problem in the Achilles heel of Dak Prescott. But you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes, right, who didn't have Tyreek Hill this season. Dak Prescott didn't have Amari Cooper. One guy is going to the Super Bowl and led his team, Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. The other one is sitting at home watching everybody. I was just in Dallas this past weekend. Mm -hmm. Stuck it there for two days because of the snowstorm and all that. Mm -hmm. And I watched the game at a bar, right? And all I hear is Dallas Cowboys fans, oh, man, we could have put on a better showing than the San Francisco 49ers. go, Go holler at your quarterback, Dak Prescott. Yeah. Go tell him to play better. Go tell him to show up in the moment when you
1: need him to show up at his best. He had a very bad day at a very bad time against a very good defense who have made a lot of people look bad. But that those are the moments that the guys who get paid the way Dak gets paid are expected to rise up, and in that particular case, they did not. So, Nico, it's a complicated thing because no one is sitting here saying Dak Prescott isn't a good quarterback. But the question is – if you're going to pay him to be an elite quarterback, the, 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 that kind of money, it does change the equation
7: of the roster that you can put around him. It, it does, but it, like Bart, I'm not going to dump in the Cheerios. 8:08 this morning, I yeah. said I wasn't going to do it. 9:08 <laughs> this morning, I'm still not going to dump in Dak's Cheerios. So, you, you look at Dak Prescott, and I understand you had the contract, you got the star in your helmet, so that puts added pressure on you. But there's, there's, th- you want to know what pressure is? Yeah. When your offensive line in 2020 are 26 in the NFL. In 2021, 23rd. In 2022, they're 28th in the NFL against pressure. So Mm -hmm. when you're a quarterback, I don't care who you are. If your offensive line is not consistent and you don't have an offensive system that you are comfortable in, you're going to force some situations. You're going to force some throws. You're not going to see the field. So if they can protect Dak better, I think that he can be an elite level quarterback. I think he's a top 10 quarterback right now. Yes, protect the football number 1. If he if you take away half of those interceptions, I think we're talking about this completely different maybe an elite year. Understood. Exactly. And he hasn't he has
1: historically has not thrown interceptions. So this was yeah. this year kind of was an outlier in that regard as well. But There is also the issue of him having no guaranteed money in his contract beyond this upcoming season. How is that going to play itself out?
2: Well, Greeny, I'm told the Cowboys have not yet approached Dak Prescott about reworking his deal. They could do that. they got plenty of time, two years left. And there's a scenario where Dak Prescott could play this out another year because he expects to play better. He expects to throw less turnovers, could have more support around him. Maybe they sign Odell Beckham. Things could be looking up for more leverage. But, Greeny, you see that cap hit right there, $49.1 million dollars. That comprises about 22% of the whole team's overall salary cap this year. So because of that, they're probably going to have to keep reworking this deal to keep him around to be able to manage the rest of the team.
1: Because here's the reality, Harry, that what you're saying, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with what you're saying, and I don't think you're saying he's a bad player. He's no, just no. not the – But. With the way the quarterback thing works in the NFL, if that guy hit the open market, I mean, it'd be, it may be a step yeah. down from over, where we're talking over. with Lamar Jackson, but someone's going to throw a ton of money in his direction. So the Cowboys are going to have to do that whether they want to or not. Well, yes, and I agree with you also.
6: I think a lot of pressure needs to be put on Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones because yeah. you see a lot of these other teams going in, you know, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round, and they're finding guys to surround their quarterbacks with because of the cap hit that they quarterback may have on their football team. Now it's time for Dallas to to surround Dak Prescott with more pieces as well.
1: Yeah, they are going to have to, to your point, Ninko, if they have to rebuild that offensive line, if they need another weapon on the outside, the likelihood, especially if they do do another deal with Dak here, is that a lot of that will have to come in young guys, right, come through the draft.
7: Yeah, and there's something as far as Dak. If you were with his camp, I'd say, Dak, listen up, man. We have an opportunity here. You've already made a big chunk of money. But you look at Patrick Mahomes and the deal that he made with Kansas City. It was a lengthy deal, right? So his money is spread out and it gives a little bit more leverage for the team to go out and get some pieces and help help the quarterback. So if he can yeah. maybe look sit back and say, "You know what? If I can help the team I'm still getting paid. I still made a lot of money. Yeah. But we can get a few more pieces and ex- push this money and spread it out. We can go get a quarterback you know, go get a receiver and help the quarterback. No, I hear not. you, but that's literally the
1: opposite of what he did last time, right? He, the, the big fight last time was over he wanted the deal to be shorter so he would be in exactly yeah. this situation again. He, so yeah. he, he, lo- he, he is going to try <laughs> to cash it. It seems likely that he is going to try and cash in big again, and it's hard to blame him for
2: wanting to. That was the issue, right? The Cowboys wanted five or six years. Dak Prescott, with his agent Todd France, they wanted four years. So, depending on how this year goes, if he plays really well, you could see a similar scenario playing out.
7: Like the legacy thing. You know, like that's the one aspect of if you can, especially in Dallas, if you can win a Super Bowl in Dallas – that makes you your money long-term. It, right it makes you money forever for, no well, it,
1: it, you, like so forever for the rest of your life. No state tax in a state as well. You're a madman for the rest of your life. Ask Roger Staubach. Ask Troy Aikman. I mean, there's no question about No, I agree with all of that. It's an inve- For these quarterbacks, it's an investment in the rest of their lives. Eternity. But it's also hard to blame them if they said, no, 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 I'm going to make as much money as I possibly can. Who among us might not consider that option? In the meantime, we got another quarterback making a lot of money, and he is not right now living up to the contract. Can this guy save him? with Sean Payton back in the saddle? Will Russell ride back to the top of the ranks? Can the Broncos get this all figured out? We'll take you there next. And then before Vince Carter walked on air, there was Michael. Which legend would win a dunk contest? Mm. We won't even tiptoe into that one. (laughs) Oh, yes, we will. Get up on ESPN.
0: Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt.
1: Back on Get Up, and we've been talking about LeBron, and we've been talking about Michael, all-time legends, and then there's the performance of the night from this up-and-coming immortal, Giannis Antetokounmpo, in the Bucks hosting the Clippers and losing most of the game, down by as many as 21, but here comes Giannis. He had 34 through 3. Now there's 9 minutes left in the game. Bucks are down 6. Chris Middleton been injured so much of this year, working his way back in. No good, but Giannis is there. He's got 40, and the Bucks are down by 4. 5 minutes to go. Giannis at 44 four points and counting knocks down the three he's at 47 it's a one-point game less than a minute later bucks down six Giannis driving yes plus the foul he'd make the free throw he's up to 50 and the bucks are down by three minute later same score Giannis had everything working last night the mid-range he's at 52 it's a one-point game Giannis would make two free throws bucks have a one-point lead 20 seconds left he's got a rebound he's going to put it away right wait a minute Oh, he throws it away. The huge mistake from Giannis. And so the Clippers have the last chance to win it. Time running out. Fourth quarter, Kawhi Leonard. They drive him to the corner. That's a tough look. And it's nowhere close. Giannis, 54 points, 19 rebounds. Milwaukee wins a statement game, 106-105. So with all the attention on LeBron this season, no one is having a better overall year than Giannis. In fact, in his last four games, he's averaging 40, 46 points and. seven. 17 rebounds this season overall. He's the only player averaging 30, 10, and 5. The last guy to do that was Russell Westbrook, the year that he averaged a triple-double. All right, more hoops as we go, but now back to football. The Broncos made the splash in the offseason again. Last year it was Russell Wilson. This year it's Sean Payton, who they're hoping to get Wilson back on track.
5: Here were Bart Scott and Damian Woody yesterday here on the Wilson trade. Pete Carroll knew well what time it was. And listen, this is the greatest deal ever done since the Herschel Walker deal. The dynasty that Seattle may become is going to be built on the Russell Wilson trade. Pete Carroll deserves a lot of credit because he knew that this guy had lost all his special juice. Super quick, what coach in their right mind, if you feel like your guy is like elite, they're not dealing a quarterback you feel like he's elite.
1: So that's the point. And I've heard so many people say maybe Pete Carroll knew before the rest of us. I will refuse to go there, Harry. Are we living in a world where I have to accept the days of Russell Wilson being a top flight, however you want to define it, a top flight NFL quarterback are over?
6: I think those days are over now. There's still room for Russell Wilson to be a good quarterback in this in this league, but the elite days, I think, are over. Mm. And I think Sean Payton going to the Denver Broncos is very imperative for Greeny that those two guys get on the same page. I played against Sean Payton and Drew Brees seven years in a row, twice a year. And one of the things that stood out to me within that pairing is that those guys were basically the same person. They spoke the same language. They, they knew what they wanted to run. And within this offense that Sean Payton is going to run, he's going to be asking Russell Wilson to do something that he's not accustomed to doing. And that's getting the football out quick, being precise, check with me's at the line of scrimmage, but also multiple personnel groupings, there's going to be balance, stability, you're not going to have play clocks going down. Sean Payton doesn't operate
1: that way, so Russ is going to have to get adjusted to that. See, see Ninko, this is the part of it that uh, confounds me a little. There's no bigger mistake you can make in football, I guess in anything, than trying to put a round hole in a square peg, mm. whatever that expression is. <laughs> I'm very bad at that. And, and it does, it, look, you were there, right? You, you were in yeah, New Orleans for a while. Right. You saw Payton, you saw Breeze, you know exactly what that offense was. And t- Harry's point, those are not the things we've seen no. Russell Wilson have success with.
7: And, and I think another thing that Russell Wilson has not experienced is, is a head coach that really rules with an iron fist, right? You know, Pete Carroll's like, hey, man, yeah, hey, hey, we're going to have a good day. Hey, you just do an interception. It's okay. It's okay. Move <laughs> on, guys. Hey, hey, it's okay. We're going to go out here fly around. But Sean Payton now? Uh-uh. He's going to walk in, and, and it's going to be a rude awakening for a lot of those guys. Because if you haven't experienced that Bill Parcells that type of coaching style. And that's the only coach I've ever had in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Was a Bill Parcells coached coaching tree type head coach and it's not easy and they're not players coaches. They're not going to say, "Hey, you know, you're a little sore today, okay, rest up." You know, like they're not that's not the way it's going to be. So, I can guarantee that there's probably going to be some growing pains and you know, I think back to 2006 when Sean Payton was hired by the Saints to come in and Changed that whole franchise. Changed everything around, which he did. But that first training camp, whoo. It was tough. It was tough. Jackson, Mississippi, Millsaps College.
1: It was it, not that,
6: that was the time when Hurricane Katrina hit, That right, was
7: right after right,
1: Katrina. Right, off, right yeah. after Katrina. And, and look, to Sean's everlasting credit, he rebuilt the culture and yep. rebuilt that franchise. They were a joke, and then they have not been since and don't figure to be anytime soon. He gets a lot of the credit for that. So does Drew Brees. Where does Russell Wilson and Denver fit
2: into all of this? Well, with Sean Payton, you mentioned the rude awakening. He's got work to do with Russell Wilson off the field, ingratiating in the locker room with the team and the culture. There were some pretty strong indications that Wilson brought that celebrity QB into Denver a little bit with you know whether it's having his own room, not being in the locker room, having his own people from his camp in the building. Where I was told a coach actually talked to him about that at one point in the season, and so. Hembo passed along. Bill Parcells rules for quarterbacking, and of course Sean Payton's from a disciple from that school. Don't be a celebrity QB. Right. And Russell Wilson epitomizes celebrity QB, so something's going to have to give with how they work yeah. with each other. And,
1: and, I mean, for whatever it's worth. I mean, everything about him in his life and his, his, his I mean, he's, he's married to a very famous woman Now all these things, they don't have to factor into his football, but it does seem like yeah. something that a guy like Sean
7: is not going to like. And that whole, like, celebrity thing, sometimes in a locker room, that could be a, a big deal. Because, you know, I think yeah. back to The Pro Bowl. I think it was like four years ago. Um, You know, everyone's walking off the field. They're doing some interviews, and Drew Brees he walks from the field to where we're at. Russell Wilson gets in a golf cart with about five people surrounding him. He has the golf cart drive him. Up. It's like, come on, man. Like,
4: just,
1: just walk over here. It's no big deal. You know, so it bothered Nico. It bothered him, just
7: like, you don't need a golf cart.
1: Yeah. You don't need a golf cart to you know, drive you around. It's, and again, those, are things, those are things that when you're playing great, no one cares about, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. if you're playing great and you're winning games and no one's going to care about any of that stuff, but when it goes as badly as it went this past year, and it was, I mean, a, a disaster of epic yeah. proportion in Denver this year, then all those things feel Magnified. Meanwhile, the other end of the spectrum. Again, it's 2 3 today, so we're celebrating Michael Jordan Day, and we are showing you just great moments from Michael's career. This was one of the gutsiest moments of Michael's career against the uh, Bill Laimbeer and the Pistons. Bill Laimbeer, one of the roughest, toughest, uh, maybe dirtiest players of all time. Jordan leaving his feet. Uh, what Bill Laimbeer could have tried to do to him in this situation still scares me when you think about it. But, Harry, how about this? The up, the under, the spin. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes I dream.
7: Yeah.
1: That he is me. <laughs> that's right. Like Mike.
7: <laughs> I, used to, I used to have this little basketball hoop in my in my family room and that move right there you would just do the spin and just do the flip. No look. <laughs> you missed it a lot. and he made it a lot. But anyway, it was uh, as a kid it just brings you back in time when you're yeah. 10, 11, 12, 13 from Chicago. Yeah, it's it a big. It was a big deal.
1: Yes. Yeah, so you make me feel old cuz I covered that game, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> well, you look good. I I, I wasn't 11, <laughs> uh, but one way or another. The greatest of all time. I say it all the time. Best there ever was best that is ever going to be. We're celebrating Michael Jordan today. While our eyes are on Aaron Rodgers and where he will end, there's another NFL quarterback you need to be watching because of something that could happen as soon as today that could change the specter of everything. We'll tell you what that is next. All nine essential amino acids. They're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more.
5: Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too.
1: We're back on Get Up, and so there's been a lot of uncertainty, of course, about what's coming up for Aaron Rodgers next. There are a lot of breadcrumbs to be following today. Let's start with this, even though it's mostly lighthearted. He's golfing, of course. He's at Pebble Beach. He's in the Pro-Am and everything else, and you'll hear the lighthearted exchange he had on the tee.
7: Hi, Aaron. Hi, Colt. Got any news you want to share with us? (laughs) Not going to San Fran. (laughs)
1: You look great with a cowboy star on your helmet. (laughs) All right, so those are two places he's not going. Now let's talk about where he may go and why this is very significant today. Sneaky, huge news. Derek Carr, while he was uh, taking part in all the Pro Bowl skill competition stuff yesterday, made very clear that he has no intention of pushing back the trigger date on his contract. So let me tell you what that means. On February 15th, just a few days after the Super Bowl, he's guaranteed $40 million. If no team takes on his contract, i.e. if they don't trade him between now and then, they're going to release him. There's no way in the world they're going to pay him $40 million to not play for them this year. So the Derek Carr domino of the offseason quarterback roulette could fall very, very soon. Jeremy, why might it fall even sooner than a week and a half?
2: Yeah, Greeny, a trade or release could happen really any hour because GM Dave Ziegler is talking to teams. But I talked to a few execs who wonder if they would just cut him this week because he's got the Pro Bowl this weekend that does put him at risk for injury, even a slight risk. But if he were to get hurt, that $40 million kicks in early. And so they got to shake this out here soon. Coming back from the Senior Bowl, I was told the Saints could be a team to watch here. Dennis Allen was his coach and his rookie here in Oakland. They have a connection, and they have some draft capital after that Sean Payton deal.
1: And so this ties us together with Aaron Rodgers because we're talking about veteran quarterbacks that a lot of teams are interested in. Rodgers, obviously, the all-time legend. Carr, a lot younger, and so maybe uh, equally attractive to some other teams. I've had it said to me by a bunch of different people, people whose opinions I value. Watch how closely... The Jets go after Derek Carr. If the Jets appear to be going hard after Derek Carr, that tells you one thing. If they do not, It suggests strongly that the Jets genuinely believe that they have a real chance of getting Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yes, the expectation, talking to teams around the league, is that the Jets will get involved with Aaron Rodgers. They're going to try. They can see what they can package. Some of the teams, I'm told, are concerned about his retirement, right? Like if he comes there, plays one year, that's a bit of an issue. So you could see a draft package that includes conditional picks based on how many years he actually plays. But there are going to be several suitors. Raiders could get involved. Devontae Adams, I'm told, wouldn't mind that. No state tax. Come to me with Vegas. Played eight years together. Let's make some more magic. Happen. Yeah.
1: So the possibility of retirement, again, Rodgers is an unusual person. Maybe he does walk away from all of that money, but there's $58 million in change involved here. So that seems unlikely. So let's go through all of this. If you're Aaron Rodgers and you're looking almost exclusively at AFC teams, because it's hard to picture Green Bay trading him in the NFC, where are you looking to go? J E T S Jets,
6: Jets, Jets. Come on, Greeny. Oh, my God. Uh, gonna
1: that's your fade. team.
6: Gonna I, I, Come on, Greeny. The, the fact that this might don't, actually
5: happen.
1: <laughs> this could <laughs> actually happen. Aaron, I'm begging you.
6: Please. Uh, what, why? why? Tell well, everybody why. You, you look at the Jets, they have a top five defense. Yes, they right? do. That's, that's number one. You look at the young pieces that will be able to surround Aaron Rodgers. I think they're yep. coming. Garrett uh, Wilson. Oh. Hall. You have a lot of them. Yes, they're coming. You add a little bit more pieces to the offensive line. I think that's going to be very key in the uh, in doing this and bringing Aaron Rodgers. And I think
1: you have a Super Bowl contender in the Jets. A Super Bowl contender in the Jets. But
7: that Words that. I've literally <laughs> waited my entire life to hear. Uh, Ninko, right. your thoughts? Rodgers. The only time Aaron Rodgers has ever won a Super Bowl, what did he have? A top, a top five defense. I know. That's I was correct. on the 2010 a top Falcons five team defense.
6: that came so, in there and blew us out.
7: I, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you have to. You have to acknowledge the fact that if I'm going somewhere, it has to have a good offensive line because protection is key, and then they have to have a good defense. So the Jets, it looks like, you know, to me, the, the probably the best location for him to go and have success. And, and, of course, they did hire his offensive
1: coordinator, the genius Nathaniel Hackett, um, who I have viewed that way from the moment they hired him. <laughs> and, and this is a no-Hackett slander table uh, <laughs> under the rest of time. And, and then, of course, it is worth pointing out. Look, it, it, it's Rodgers, and then there's the Dominoes, so it is Derek Carr. So Carr is, look, I mean, he's a a guy who at his best has been a very good quarterback. You say New Orleans. Uh, What are the other places we're expecting to look seriously at Carr?
2: Well, the commanders maybe not so much, but I think the Jets have to have backup plans. They got three or four quarterbacks that they're going to look at. It's widely assumed that they're going to get a veteran, whether it's Rodgers or Carr or even Jimmy Garoppolo could fit. Uh, But the feeling, you mentioned Hackett, the feeling when I was at the Senior Bowl is that if he wants to step off the beach, even though he's making millions from Denver, to go coach the Jets right now, a place that's not an easy media market, he's bringing luggage with him, right? That luggage might be Aaron Rodgers. Oh, boy, that's good luggage. That's, <laughs> that's a good luggage. That's, that's,
1: that's Louie luggage. That's right? Louie. That, hey, we
6: heard it <laughs> from Dion, didn't we? Hey, that we that is it.
1: luggage I'm looking to pick up anywhere I can get it. Uh, okay, quick, let's leave that there for the moment. So, again, these are dominoes, and these are dots that we are connecting here. Yeah. Keep a close eye on Derek Carr. He could be released Before Sunday, that feels like a possibility. Um, And then if he is, keep a close eye on which teams do and don't go hard after him. The ones that don't might have Aaron Rodgers in their sights. Meanwhile, there are two teams still trying to win the Super Bowl this year, and Philadelphia, of course, is one of them, with their star young quarterback, uh, the Eagles preparing for Kansas City after a pair of 24-point wins in the conference playoffs. We've all been very impressed with Philly all year, and their head coach, Nick Sirianni, uh, is a serious, uh, significant candidate and an obvious uh, possibility to be coach of the year. He's done a brilliant job, but not everyone thinks so. Giants safety Julian Love was on Good Morning Football on NFL Network the other day and he said this about Sirianni quote he's a guy who really is doing a good job because he's not getting in the way of his team he has an experienced roster from top to bottom offense defense in response to Sirianni's sideline behavior he said I don't like it I don't like it at all he's in for a free ride right now you guys can coach (laughs) this team Ninko what do we make of that?
7: Salty,
4: somebody's <laughs> salty.
7: Get the salt shaker out. There's a little bit of hate going on. I mean, come on, Sirianni's done a, done a great job, a terrific job. And you know, I met I met Nick um, at a, a basketball tips tournament. So Bubba Ventron, um, the special teams coordinator for the Colts, Sirianni was there. He, he does a basketball tournament, tips tournament every mm-hmm. single year. So I was able to meet him, and and I'm I'm telling you, he's such a likable guy, and everybody loves him. So. I don't agree with that take. I think it's probably a salty take uh, because they weren't able to beat him. So
1: there you go. One person salty is another person sour, as in sour grapes. I mean, that's (laughs) right. That's the ultimate. If you look up sour grapes in the dictionary, there's basically that quote a week and a half after they just destroyed you in a playoff game. Did he take over a a decent situation? I don't know. I think he gets a lot of credit for creating an offense that works for Jalen Hurts. A year ago, he completely shuffled his offense in in the middle of a season to build it around the skill set of his Quarterback and look where they are
6: now. Well, I've seen coaches had have, have amazing talent, but they don't know how to utilize them and put them in the best positions or push That's the nice right team. buttons, right? But I'll better ask y'all this: the Giants played the, the Eagles three times this year. Yes, right? they did. And two times they got the ultimate ass kicking. <laughs> so, so if Julian Love didn't like Nick Sirianni doing no. his law,
7: oh yeah, uh-huh. me
1: play better. Are there coaches that do that stuff? Like, I, 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 were you telling me that a Surianic does have a bit of a reputation, and don't get me wrong, I don't mind it, yeah, but he, this kind of thing and maybe even more than that on the sideline?
2: It, he's cocky. He I, like it. I like it. I like it. I've heard stories about him even taunting a little bit with the other team. It's Taunting it's, the other team? A little bit. Just ha- I think it's more yeah, it happens. Feel it. Oh, yeah. You've seen coaches the team?
6: You know, I've gotten into it, you know, with – Who'd you get into it with? Sean Payton on the sidelines. You a few got into Sean Payton. I'm playing
7: yeah. against the, the Saints. I got it. <laughs> I got a great story about Sean Payton. So Sean Payton cut me a few times. You know, I was a little bit angry. So the first time, a matchup between uh, the Saints and the Patriots, I said, okay, I know I'm, I'm going to get them. So it was teacup two-by-two two formation, tight split. I know crack toss. They're going to crack me. Colson was on my left side. I'm going quick because it's, it's just in my head. That's how it goes. Yeah. So he comes down. I go turn him. I push him back. I go make the play right on the sideline. I get up. Sean Payton's right in front of me. I say a very, very loud uh, uh, word that I can't say on television, uh-huh. and I direct it straight at him, right? You, and he goes... He looks. He goes. Okay. Okay. He looks down at his playbook. The next play, I get cut. So my knees, both my knees, I get cut. The flat, the, the fullback flashes back on a reverse, takes my knees out. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah, you got me on that. I don't
1: like that at all. I, I don't just, like it. That was just for you. That so, was just for me because I, I will said say that. this. We have salty giant fans in our control room today. They will not be named, Pete. Um, but as they, we were showing that video, he, the giant fan, is yelling in my ear. <laughs> this Look is at hilarious this, <laughs> to me, though. Is, is that hilarious? Is it, it is. It, it's funny. That, it's worth pointing out we're slowing it down, right? Like he's not like it, it's a little That's more. No, That's it I think it's actually
2: That slow. He's and just
1: looking
7: quicker. at the camera and nodding, right? Like this is hilarious. Do, is do that slow. <laughs> Like, used to do that not in slow-mo the next time he does it.
6: But but I also talked to wide receiver for the Eagles, Zach Pascal. I played with him in Tennessee, man, and he has nothing but high praise yeah. for Nick Say so he yeah. he's, a, he's a top-notch guy.
1: Look, it's very hard to argue with the results. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, the guy has done an outstanding job. I don't even mind a little bit of the trash talk. They're division rivals. They did get the better of the Giants this year. I, 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 there's not really any part. It's all kind of harmless. Like, yes, I agree. It's salty. It's sour grapes. It is what it is. But I like anything that sort of elevates Greeny, a rivalry. the Giants still haven't showed up, and the Eagles are still scoring right now. That part of it is true, and Nick Sirianni is still nodding, and he'll probably be doing that (laughs) if they win the Super Bowl as well. All right, As we continue, uh, they are both Tar Heels, they are both basketball legends, uh, and uh, if you put them head-to-head in a dunk contest, uh, there's no question which one of them they both think would win. (laughs) We'll talk about that as we continue, and here we go. Zach Zach Lowe, Sneaky Hembo's got this one for you. It's a great question. Michael Jordan played in 37 playoff series. He was the leading scorer in 36 of them. Who was the only player to outscore Michael Jordan in any playoff series in his career? The answer is next. What? <laughs> will, will he get it right? Nick Sirianni thinks he will.
7: Is <laughs> oh, it Carmelo? Malone? Yeah.
0: Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. In 1946, Marion Motley and Bill Willis were two of the first African-Americans to play pro football. They went on to win five consecutive championships with the Browns. But it was their perseverance that helped convince Brooklyn Dodgers general manager Branch Rickey that Jackie Robinson could break baseball's color barrier the very next year.
1: And we're back on Get Up. So here we go, Zach Lowe. This is a great question. Hembo and I actually originally looked this up during the last dance. You either know it or you don't. It's not one you're going to guess. Michael Jordan led all players in scoring in 36 of his 37 playoff series. Do you know who's the only player
4: to outscore him in a playoff series? First of all, thanks for prefacing it by saying it's not one you're going to guess. No chance, no confidence. My first thought was Barkley in 93, but Michael had a monster scoring series in that one, including a 50-piece. Then I think it's probably going to be some dumb first-round series where the Bulls didn't even have to try very hard, and I don't really remember any of those. So I'll go with Sean Kemp. In the 96 finals against Seattle. It, it, it's, a, it's a perfectly reasonable guess.
1: The actual answer is it was Michael Jordan's first... Playoff series ever, and Terry Cummings outscored him in the first round. Get out! Get out with this nonsense! It is—it is. You know what it is? It's an impossible question to answer. It is a wonderful trivia fact to know. Terry Cummings is the only player ever to outscore Michael in a playoff series. It's not wonderful. Here's the one thing I will say. I think knowing him as we do, I bet you Michael's still mad about that. Anyway, today is his day. It's 2-3-23, and we are celebrating the greatest of them all on this day. We ran through some of his best moments in our last hour. How about some of his most legendary dunks? This one was at the Garden just seven games into his career. The cradle dunk at Madison Square Garden, just legendary. Fast forward seven years, same arena, same opponent. This one was in the face of Patrick Ewing, throwing it down. Ewing, of course, one of the great defensive players of all time, but Michael was having none of it. And then uh, the legend, another of the Georgetown centers. This is in the face of Dikembe Mutombo. And then uh, look at Vince. Look at Vince. No one loves it like no. Vince does. So, Vince Carter, we know how close you are to Michael and all of that. We've talked about it all morning long. Let's start with your favorite Michael Jordan dunk. You yourself, maybe as good a dunker as there's ever lived. What was your favorite Michael Jordan dunk?
3: Real quick, Greeny, I looked at those three dunks that you had. The cradle dunk is the one that I struggled with. I, couldn't, I could make it, but I would miss it more times than make it. But the kiss the rim, Michael Jordan's lean kiss in the rim with the little windmill close to his body was one of my favorites, particularly as a, as a, as a young guy in high school, was one of the dunks, was, was, was my go-to dunk until I started developing my own style and what I like to do. You know, and,
1: and so, so Zach, let, let's show a little bit of, of Vince Carter dunking here because many people Uh-oh. will say Vince is actually the greatest dunker of all time. Oh, in-game!
3: Oh, <laughs> on Alonzo morning. Vince, take us to that moment. My bad, Zoe. Uh, You know, <laughs> when you see a rim and opportunity, shot blocker like Zoe, uh, I'm going to attack and I, I, I knew that he was going to try to block it, and I just turned my body and to see what happens, and what happened is he knocked me a little higher, and you know, at that point when he when we bumped shoulders, I was like, you can't miss this dump, because the rim is right there.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna turn my shoulder and see what happens. <laughs> it's a fascinating see what putting.
3: That I'm protecting myself.
1: Zach, I mean, the dunking is such a huge part of this. I mean, Michael's legacy is so much about all the games that he won and all the championships that he won and all the rest of that. But at a time when the dunk contest first really became a thing and dunking first became the glamour um, activity, if you will, in the sport, it was Michael Jordan who was right at the forefront of all of that.
4: Yeah, and for me, the Ewing dunk you just showed is an all-timer for me. That was Knicks Bulls, was me coming of age as a sports fan, the Armada. He had to go through to get that dunk on Patrick Ewing. That That's a great one, and the dunk contest is, you know, it's iconic. There you see the – and here's the foul line. I mean, this is this was a poster on everybody's room in the 90s. And this one, let's see, is this going to be the cradle one? Yeah, that's a beautiful one. But I'll say this. Vince this Carter – On TV with me right now, Vince Carter has a dunk so nasty so good in a game that it's just called the dunk of death. And I don't want to say it in French because I'll screw it up. I think it's the dunk de la mort or something like that. That's the greatest yeah. dunk in the history of basketball for my money. To be clear, that was in the Olympics.
1: We're not allowed to show it. We don't have the rights to show it. If, every, if you know, you know. Everybody does. And here's the thing. You, you see you the question you know. on the screen. Who was the better dunker in game? And, and, and I, that was a good question by the staff. But we immediately vetoed it. And here's... Wait, Vince, are you pointing at yourself? What are you you saying? Me. He's right. You... You were the better dunker? I'm just pointing. I didn't say anything. Okay. (laughs) I got a hitch. so so here was gonna be my question to you. Knowing Michael as I do, having been around him, you know, when he was playing, and now knowing him as you do, and and you were at one time the heir, apparent, AIR, and everything else, if you said to him, knowing how competitive he is, if you in a moment of of, I don't know, in a moment said to Michael, you know I'm a better dunker than you are, what would he say back?
3: We all know the face that he would make first and foremost, and then he would say, "lace him up." And he, if it's outside, he's looking for a court, or he's looking for more. Well, Knowing MJ, where he's looking for a gym, and I'd have to bring my A game. Which I, I, I mean, I, I would say it jokingly, but at the same time, that would be a moment. He's one of the guys. He, Dr. J, are two of the guys. David Thompson are three of the guys that I know that if I said something like that, I, I first of all, would love to do it, and I'd have to bring it. Yeah, David. Thompson. So you can't joke going, with him about something like that and think it's a joke.
1: No, absolutely <laughs> not. I wouldn't even allow it on my show because he would be so ma- He would get mad at me by extension because of right. the things that you guys say. Right. How about it, Zach? The the, the greatest dunker in game of all time.
4: I- I, I'm sorry. I know. I know what you're and You vetoed the entire discussion, but but it's it's the guy that's on the show right now that no one has ever dunked in games with the ferocity and the verticality and the athleticism of Vince Carter, and it's no shame to be number two to Vince Carter. <laughs> and
1: that, that's right. Although Michael Jordan does not consider himself number two to anyone in literally he's right anything. Now Uh, Before we let you guys go in an awesome moment today, and we've really enjoyed this, uh, you know, 23-23 Michael Jordan celebration, the reason I have Harry Douglas up on the camera, uh, Vince, he told me something kind of cool this morning and he wanted to share it with you. Go ahead. Yeah, Vince, growing up playing
6: basketball with my brother Tony Douglas, in which you played with in Memphis. Uh, I wore number 15 Mm -hmm. because of you, and we used to tell people to get up (laughs) when we dumped on people just like (sighs) you used to, my man. (laughs) (laughs) How about that?
3: Stop it. H, man, I appreciate that, man. That's crazy. TD was one of my guys, man. I remember in Memphis, like, he's one of the guys I actually hung with. You know, we were the older guys, and, you know, on the second unit, you always look for that veteran guy to kind of get the young guys. And TD was my guy, man.
1: That's really nice. So, again, wore the number in your honor. Vince, awesome day today. Thank That's you. Crazy. We will see you soon. You. Zach Lowe will check in with you soon as yes. well. The Low Post podcast uh, for uh, any basketball fan knows you've got to be listening. All right. Meanwhile, we also have college basketball coming your way tomorrow on ESPN. Kansas and Iowa State will tip off the day at noon Eastern, followed by Auburn, Tennessee. Then you got the number one team in the country, Purdue, taking on Indiana, and then the legendary rivals, Carolina, Duke, followed by Florida and Kentucky. What a day. College basketball all day long on ESPN. Meanwhile, uh, no matter what happens in Super Bowl 57, history will be made. Why Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts is so significant. They'll talk about that and more as First Take takes over. Top of the hour.
0: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify.
1: NHL All-Star Weekend starts tonight in South Florida. The skills competitions on ESPN and the app at seven Eastern. Tomorrow, the All-Star games on ABC and the app at three Eastern. Should all be great fun. Speaking of great fun, best of the week. We know that if, if Tom Brady knew what he wanted to f and do, he would f and done it. Time out! Time out! Time out! We have major breaking news. Tom Brady has announced that he is retiring from football for good.
4: I told you. 40 f 5 I played against him a bunch of times. I had some success against him, which was nice, but he also threw a game-winning touchdown on me. That's (laughs) none of them. Nobody cares about your problems. Hell no. I'm not here for it.
5: (laughs) Don't poke the bear, dude. He is a mercurial individual. Good work. What the hell was that? Especially the guy that
1: coined the phrase Burrowhead, Mike Hilton. I'm going to call it Hilton Head.
6: (laughs) Well
5: played. G, I'm with you. These damn kumbaya kids is sickening. Cause that's not what sport's about to be. Go play Batman. Go become a pickleball player. Natalia! Natalia! Ah! That went right by my face! Oh. There we go. <laughs> These damn kids have lost their damn mind. Maybe D-Word will do a little Barry White for us. I might bust a note. <laughs> you'll never
1: find. This will be the last time for this season that this group is together on a Monday. I love all three of you. Hey, no. Thank you guys, man. I, it's been great. You know, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, we've had so much fun this week, every week. We thank you for getting up with us, and we thank Michael Jordan for all of the memories on this Michael's Day 2 3 uh, We see the slam dunks, and uh, we pointed out many times, Rob Nikovich, you were a kid growing up in the Chicago land area, idolizing Jordan when you were just a, a young boy.
0: Yeah, it
7: just brings me right back to being 9, 10, 11, 12, growing up, playing ball outside, and just being in Chicago, Unbelievable. And even to this day, you to still. To this honor day, with him, ninety-five, I couldn't the afford them, but now I can. So Ooh. I got a different type of red bottom. Okay, the elevens. These are the breads right here. You <laughs> see are, the bottoms uh, of those. These are very nice. Yeah. Yes. Um, I- Yes, very nice. So, yeah, right but, those? yeah, they, they, Are they may
1: 30? be. They actually be be more expensive. <laughs> than my, I got a little different. A They're little A little different. A little red different them. Red <laughs> I, I, they may be a little different. I couldn't dunk in these or those, so it wouldn't make any difference. a
2: new wingtip Jordan. So One way or the other. Yeah. Look,
1: I mean, he's he, all things considered, he's doing okay. Wonderful morning today. Again, Michael Jordan, awesome. Huge quarterback news could be coming at some point soon. Pro Bowl weekend is upon us, and then we'll see you back Monday to kick off Super Week here on Get Up first. This take starts now